We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope capital campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. For a week, we've got springtime coming around. It's warming up. Um, you hit a certain point in the, in the season, I think, at least I do, um, when it just, you get discouraged by the winter. It's kind of, okay, it keeps dragging on, you know. Ready for that, ready for that warmth. I can't remember, somebody's going to have to tell me. I think it's because the earth is like this, that the seasons go or whatever, because we're spinning around, trying to, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's like, just ugh, move, move a little bit, huh? Um, let's get to the spring, and I'm ready for these, these flowers to come up, and the, and the green, and, um, and, the, and the change, you know, and it just brings, it's very natural that it brings peace and it brings hope and it uh, changes us, no? A change is coming. Um, I think it, w- without the winter, you wouldn't have that sort of anticipation and the joy of the, the spring. So I try to appreciate that as well. Uh, they don't get that everywhere in the world because it's like in the, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, it's a sign of um, what the, our, our readings are reminding us of um, at this time, nearing the end of Lent, this, that the Christian life is filled with hope, that our future is filled with hope, uh, not just because people are generous with our capital campaign. <laughs> Did you know that that's the slogan? Future is full of hope. <laughs> uh, it, that's the that's the Christian that's the Christian life. Um, hope means that I can live with a peace, knowing that um, tomorrow is going to be an even better day than today. You know? That next year is going to be a better year. I could. Um, the end of this day is going to be a better end you know, than when I started. Future is full of hope. And it comes, our hope comes not from us. If it was just up to us or the world or our circumstances, then it wouldn't be terribly hopeful in this valley of tears. You know? But we live with Jesus. And so it is full of hope. It's a life full of hope whenever we're present to Jesus. And there's a call in the Christian life, to just stay present to Jesus. Uh, first reading and, um, the se- and the second talk about Jesus' promise that he will make everything new. He's going to make everything new. There's something very beautiful and restful, very hopeful about that image, that promise. Um, it's not just wishful thinking. It's a promise from Jesus. He's going to make everything new. Um, I want you to think of what in your life, now if you came to the retreat yesterday, then this is going to be redundant, but you know that it's exercises, and exercises make us strong, Uh, so you'll welcome more exercise. Ask yourself, what is it in your life that you'd like to see changed? What is it that you, um, you want renewed? What is it that 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 promise of Jesus speaks to Things in our past. 
I would like, I, I, would, I would have liked this to be different. I would like this to be different in my mind, in my memory. You know? I'd like to look back on every piece of my life and with joy. You know? Renew this, these memories in my heart. You know? uh, what about our present? I'd, I'd like this to be different. I'd like this to be new. Yesterday, I led people, I gave a little more time than I can today with um, reflecting on what is it in society that you'd like to see changed? Well, that list would be pretty long if you listen to the news, watch the news. Um, yeah, I make all things new, Jesus says. I'm coming to bring something new, change things. Um, what about in your relationships? in your family, in your friendships, in your among your neighbors, at work. Jesus can make all things new. What about in your own life, in your own heart, uh, in your habits? Uh, yeah. The future is a future of hope with Jesus. He promises us that he will change things. And the way he starts is that he, he first brings mercy and he teaches us who he is. And he casts out all of the voices that say, you, you will not change. The world will not change. Nothing will change. It's always the same. Well, he, in the gospel, he comes along and he stops the accusers in their tracks and clears them out. Here's this adulterous woman. Um, her life is a mess. I think you got to appreciate that to, know, to understand this story. Um, if she got to this point, she's probably gone down a very difficult road and developed a lot of habits, um, a lot of despair. There's probably circumstances that are very hard in her, in her life that she's running from. There's a lot there that brings her to this moment. But Jesus starts by saying, uh, does anyone accuse you any longer? Well, he casts out. He defends her against the accusations of people who are... Um, putting her on trial, killing her, um, claiming to be better. Jesus says, you, wh whoever's uh, without sin, you cast the first stone. And uh, he shuts them up and sends them away. Does anyone condemn you? And she can say, no one, sir. Yeah. And he says, neither, neither do I condemn you. That's beautiful. No, that kind of forgiveness. Look back at this. There's a couple images of Jesus in this room, and I'm going to repeat this from the retreat as well, but I want us to look at those images and pray with those images. So look at the back. There's one called Divine Mercy. That's Divine Mercy, Jesus. That's the face. Jesus' face is very multifaceted. This person that we're friends with, this person that we're developing in friendship with, has a lot to him. And... Uh, the Christian life is growing in knowledge of him. This one is, is beautiful. It's Jesus offering his heart to us. This is the one who's expressing, um, does anyone condemn you? Neither do I. He's got reason to say, you're in, you're in terrible trouble, sister. <laughs> uh, you've really messed up your life. Um, good reason. She knows that, right? She knows that. She's probably wallowing in her sin. And Jesus says, I don't condemn you. No, I love you. That's beautiful. That experience of Jesus um, 
is transformative. And I hope that you've had that experience of Jesus, to know the mercy of God through Christ. Um, that's profound. That's usually the starting point for the Christian. Once you realize that, you can't really leave him. As you say, I need this one. i got to be close to this one. This kind of mercy is so beautiful and so hopeful in my life. You know? Um, all these ways that I've messed up my life don't matter to God. He loves me. That's a beautiful place to live in the presence of uh, the mercy of Jesus. It's worth reflecting with him for a long time. And it says at the bottom of this, this image, Jesus, I trust in you. That's where our hope comes from. Jesus, I trust in you. Okay, there's another image we have in the, in the church um, that is Jesus the judge. Have you seen this one? This is our big one. I don't know how it got here. Uh, <laughs> I presume that Father Brian likes this image uh, or that the people voted on it, or I don't know exactly, but uh, this is one of the most classic images of Jesus in the tradition of the church. Uh, Jesus the just judge. Pantocrator is written up there. That's the judge of all, of all things, of everything. Um, and the judge is pretty stern. You see him? You know? He's, he's a little bit different than the face back here who's smiling and waving and like kind of beaming, you know? Um, he's got his book, and his book tells of the, the sins and the merits of people. It tells about it's the book of life and death. It's closed, and it's a little bit scary for us looking at that book. You know, what does it say about me? Well, but what, one thing we're supposed to see is that we know this guy, and we know that he died on the cross for us, and that the risen judge is the same one who loves us that desperately, and um, that because of his death on the cross, our sins have been blotted out. That's a, a, a term that's used in the New Testament. Our sins have been blotted out from the book. They're erased from the book. They're not even there. If somebody reads that book in heaven, somebody's reading your, the history of your life uh, at your judgment, there is nothing that is the sins that you committed. And you're probably going to go in there with little shaky knees, <laughs> go into the principal's office, or thinking you are, and you're going to find out that it's a party for you, and you're going to hear the eulogy. Because there's a bunch of good things that you've done that are going to be read from that book. Um, yeah. It should be beautiful to look at that book um, that, could, that could indict us and to know that it's a book of praises. That's, that's our future. It's hopeful. Huh? And then the judge, it's, it's a common misconception to look at the judge and say, uh, and to live in fear of this judge. You know, I'm just going to try to get things right so that I don't get punished or get chastised by this judge, you know? There are warnings in, uh, in the Gospels. Jesus says, when I come again, I'm going to separate the, the goats and the sheep, and I'm going to tell them, where were you when I was sick and I was uh, in prison and I was naked? Did you help me? And people are going to know if they did or not. Oh, that's kind of scary. Um, yeah. There's other images of, of the judgment that are supposed to kind of shake us up. I don't want to sin. I want to live my life in love of God and neighbor. I want to live for the, the better. Um, and that's okay. You know? that's, that's part of the Christian life. 
But I want us to see another piece of this, uh, this image of the judge, which is the primary image in the Old Testament that Jesus takes up as well, which is the protector, the defender, the champion of the weak and the poor, those who are suffering, the one who comes to our aid, the one who casts out all the evil in the world. That was the job of the judge. In the old times, if you had a problem and you're saying, I'm suffering because my neighbor is stealing my stuff, they're pushing the boundary in my land, they're persecuting my, my people, um, someone is wronging me, you, then you go to the judge and the judge will say, I can set things right. I can make things better. I can bring you peace. And what plagues us is sin, it's sorrow, it's, it's the problems of the world the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yes, it is problems in ourselves, but we can go to this one and we can see in Jesus that the future belongs to this Pantocrator, the judge of everything, and he will set things straight. He's the strong one. This Jesus will set things straight, and it should give us hope. Um, at the end of this story of, the, of judgment, you know, of this adulterous woman, Jesus says to the woman, go and sin no more. And I, I think this would be very scary. <laughs> um, this woman has been forgiven. She's had a powerful experience of the mercy of God. But she's got a lot of problems still. You know? Think of the background. She has to go back to some husband and say, hey, I know you've heard about this incident. Um, can we talk about that? You know, she has to go uh, fight with a whole history of, of lust, of intemperance, of, of, of uh, bad choices and habits that she's developed. Um, she's got probably a whole subconscious and a heart full of wounds. Uh, she's, been, she's probably been traumatized. She's probably hurting. Um, there's a lot there that she's returning to. But when Jesus says, go and sin no more, he says that with a promise. You, know, you can do this. That can happen. You know, He's not just saying, okay, I, I, I rescued you, and good luck. That would be cruel um, for this woman. That would be a very sad ending of the story. <laughs> I like to think that the story ends with Jesus saying, you don't have to sin anymore. I will, I will set you free. I will protect you. Tomorrow is full of hope. It's a different day. And she can't see it yet because she's living in the same, you know, she's living in the reality of her life. And so we kind of have this, this setup of a, maybe two different ways of looking at the Christian life. Um, and it's a, it can be a challenge to us, I know. Like, how, how are we going to choose to live? One way is on the tightrope. You know, um, I fall off the tightrope, I sin, I go to confession, and I get back on. And then it's really hard for me to stay, you know. Um, I, got, I got shaky hands, I got a shaky whatever, I don't know, that's genetic. <laughs> I, it would be really hard for me to stay on the tightrope. Um, on the moral tightrope, I'm pretty bad at staying on. Uh, a few steps, and I'm getting better and better, but... Somebody, Father Brian likes to do the uh, slack line. Do you ever do the slack line? 
This is like a rubber band that you're supposed to walk on, and I have no idea how. I always fall off of. Um, that's one way to look at the Christian life, and it's a very frustrating way to look at the Christian life. Um, you might have had the experience that I've had where you go to confession and you say, I am sorry for this stuff, and I want my life to change. I don't want this sin any, anymore. This makes no sense in my life. I want to follow God. I want to praise God. Like Paul, I do the things that I don't want to do. Can you help me to do the things I want to do that are good, that I'm committing to, that I work hard for, um, to be holy for God? And, and then you find yourself coming back to confession no? for the same things. I don't know if you've ever repeated a confession, but it can get um, pretty discouraging, and it's a very regular thing. This is a habit in my life. This is a weakness in my character. I tend toward these particular sins. Um, and I can't change them. Oh. This is where we look to this, this judge and we listen to the voice that gives us hope today. When Jesus says, go and sin no more, he's promising, I can do that for you. I can fight off all of that history of sin. I can fight off all of your bad habits. I can heal all of the wounds that you act out of. I can, I can change these things. I make all things new. Um, and we rely on that strong Jesus. I need that strong Jesus, right? Um, I don't just want to hear, it's okay, I forgive you. I want to hear, I can change this for you. And he can and that's real hope. So uh, there's a transformation that takes place. This isn't just get back on the tightrope. This is you are standing on solid ground. And I'm going to change your life. I'm going to change the whole thing from this game that you're playing to something that can glorify me. And the image that's working for me right now is um, the construction of this uh, some sort of shrine, something that's glorifying God. We're putting our life becomes no longer this game of trying to avoid um, problems and avoid falling into I can do little things to start um, to, to have a life that glorifies God. Brick by brick, I can put together a life that I can look back on and say, um, I left something that is beautiful for him. And this is a long project. If you um, have been watching this construction project, you know that that's a long project. I lived in Rome that they say was not built in a day. And I think this is true of the Christian life. You know? this, long, this long road where piece by piece we're putting together something beautiful and, um, and we can look back on the, on the glory of uh, what God has done. Um, it's not just... It's not just living, it can't just be um, living with the hope of I can escape myself, but a transformation. Yes, I have this life of sin. Yes, I have all these problems. Lord, I trust that you're going to make it better. And in the meantime, as I stumble through this life, um, I'm going to leave a wake of grace. You know? um, he turns the dry land into a place of living waters. And that's how your life is. That um, as you walk through life, it's like 
Jesus is going to transform it in very mysterious and hidden ways into a river that brings life into a desert. This world that is a desert, our time when, when, when things are straining for life and it's difficult to find life, um, you'll look back on your, on your life and see um, a, liver, a, a, a river of living water. You'll see the influence of Jesus in the world, um, a place that is lush, that is, has been turned into a paradise. Now, you don't always get to see that along the way. Um, we don't always get to see the fruits of our lives. Our lives are hidden with God in Christ, says Paul. But he says, everything in the past is behind me. I count as rubbish. There was, there was madness in my past. Um, but I look forward to Jesus Christ, and that's where my hope is. Um, and we're called to do that, to let go, let go of the past, to live as Christians with our eyes focused on Jesus and our hearts filled with hope. Lord, tomorrow, I don't know if I'm going to mess up. I don't know if I'm going to do everything right, but I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to seek your glory. And, and then Jesus responding to us, and I'm going to make great things out of your life. I make you into the water. I make you into the light of the world. That's a beautiful life. Um, the catechumens are going to do their third scrutiny today, and um, I'm excited to announce to you that you are entering a beautiful life, <laughs> a life full of hope. You know? uh, I hope that you experience this beautiful mercy of God, that your life, um, imperfect as it is, is, is loved by God, is praised by God, is celebrated by God. He is your loving Father, and He is filled with mercy. And I hope you experience that every moment of your Catholic life. And then I, I, I hope that you walk in um, with Jesus always in front of you, looking forward to him, knowing that he is doing great things with your life and is um, sanctifying you. And all the things that we worry about, all the things that we would like to see new, um, can be made new, made new by this Jesus. There's a lot of perseverance in the life. Like I said, it's a slow work of construction. Um, but it, uh, it is a beautiful life. It's meaningful, it's profound, and it's a gift to everybody around you. So I thank you for your yes. I thank you for your fidelity, um, for your perseverance. I know that um, walking, responding to the voice of Jesus' call can be um, uh, challenging in ways. You know? um, but it's beautiful. Keep walking with him, and um, welcome.